This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I think we heard the big voice guy. There's never any telling. I was too busy talking. I, I have no idea. Post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. There he is. <laughs> There's the cue. Nebraska preps post game. Uh, you heard that guy. I actually heard him that time too. That's my main man, Jacob Padilla. I am Damon Benning. There is a lot to get to. <laughs> it's a pretty busy week, right? Yeah. I mean, you got the girls just finished up. Their uh, state championships, the boys will go tomorrow, and somehow we're going to get it in in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, crazy week last week, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure, especially with the the expanded uh, five-day schedule for the tournament. Yeah, see, I, I actually, I you know, I much rather, you know, I was a, as a parent on Tuesday watching Millard North and Pius, obviously, but I think as a coach, I would like it as well with the spacing. Oh, yeah. I just don't. I just don't think Thursday, Friday, Saturday gives you a best chance to see what teams are really capable of doing. And I, I kind of like this format. And a couple coaches have uh, even mentioned that um, that they had a couple players that won uh, after that first day uh, might not have been able to play at full strength that next day. That day off was good for them physically. Somebody else mentally, they were able to kind of reset yeah. some things after a rough first day and came back and finished strong. So um, I, I think a lot of the coaches are uh, in favor of that kind of a deal and. For me personally, uh, it makes things a little bit easier. It's always tough on that uh, when you have to, especially with A and B going at the same time in different facilities, you got to kind of make your choice about, all right, who am I going to go see? Now, you do still have a few high schools in the mix. You're going to miss out some first-round games, but beyond that, you get to see almost everybody. Uh, pleasantly surprised. A ton of, I felt like, competitive games in the, in the state finals. A lot of times when you get to this stage, you don't always see – competitive games but uh we were not disappointed uh this weekend a, a lot of a lot of single digit finals and and some a couple go down to the last shot and uh hanging in a balance that's kind of the way you yeah. want to do it the first two of the day decided with six seconds left yeah. um set a heck of a bar for the rest of the day to to live up to and um that's what you want you start off with a game winner uh and then some game winning free throws so you get to see a few players uh get a chance to come up clutch there at the end yeah we'll start uh in d go d2 uh that was weeping water in pleasanton and i think in that one it was almost welcome to the big stage miss cave as that was the first time i think a lot of the state had a chance to see uh, the omaha maverick commit and Grace K from start to finish. Yeah, D one there. Um, yeah, that forty yeah, thirty. Yeah, D2, yeah, yeah. Yep. Skip around. Yeah, forty uh, thirty two final on that one, and um, they 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 had a lead for a lot of the way there, and then Pleasanton made the run down the stretch there and took the lead um, with uh, like twelve or uh, seconds so, or something so, like that. Yeah. Um, and neither side called the timeout. Uh, Weeping Water got the ball into Cave. She pushed it up uh, the court, split two defenders, went up, laid it in, six seconds left uh, to give them the lead back. And then uh, Pleasanton kind of chucked up a, a shot at the buzzer that didn't really have a chance. So um, 
best player on the court and stepped up and made the biggest play of the day. Yeah, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of people, you know, wonder what level she's capable yeah. of playing. They look at her talent, thinking physically she's ex- is extremely gifted. I think he, she played some of her best basketball in this state tournament. It it hasn't always been easy to to keep it corralled for three games straight uh, for her, but she was relatively under control, and you, as you can see, she's extremely talented. 66 points in three state tournament games. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> she, well, she doesn't have any problems putting the biscuit yeah. in the basket. She can and, score the rock. And she was really setting up her teammates well, too. Yeah. She made some great passes in that game. Um, scored the first 10 points of the game and then assisted the next seven uh, I think finished with 16 points and five assists um, and, and the game winner. So heck of a way to, to cap a phenomenal career for her. Yeah, we'll jump back to D2 with Humphrey St. Francis, 57-48 over uh, Falls City Sacred Heart. Uh, what a difference a year makes for Humphrey St. Francis, right? And it was not it was so much, it was not so much why, it was why not <laughs> from, a, from a year ago. And, and this year, much like could be a little bit of a reoccurring theme, uh, when we get over to the boys' side with Millard North, kind of a little bit of a redemption tour and finding a way to get it, get it done in D2. Yeah, and that's uh, – you said a, a year ago they were in this, uh, in the same position and fell short. And um, Allison Widener said after the game that she grabbed uh, the Baumgart sisters um, a- after they got their silver medals and promised them, hey – we're getting it done next year. This isn't happening again. And she, she, uh, she kept her promise and, again, was a uh, phenomenal player. Um, finished, I think, 21 uh, in the game and uh, capped her career uh, with 208 uh, points in her state tournament career, I believe. Uh, eighth all-time, I think third all-time leading scorer in yeah. Nebraska, over 2,200 points. So saw a couple of records. Uh, not not uh, the number one records, although when we talked to Markowski, talk about Markowski, Markowski, we will talk about her passing a legend like Martise Ivy, but um, we saw a lot of records being moved up the charts. This was a really good class and a really good year for girls basketball. And listen, eighth all-time scoring in in the state tournament. You're in, you know, you're in good company. Yeah, and you look at that class; it's been kind of the same two, three teams kind of rotating spots throughout that. Um, uh, the last four years there uh, at the top of D2 and um, credit to St. Francis for getting it done and closing it out and sending uh, Widener out on a high note. Yeah. We, you and I were talking off, off air. She's a better athlete than I think maybe some critics would give her credit for and a nice uh, athletic profile for, for Coach Williams heading to Nebraska. Yeah. And he needs to get much more athletic along the perimeter and in the backcourt. Exactly. And that's kind of um, – I, that was the first time I'd seen Widener play in person, I think. I, I, I didn't make it to state last year um, for that class. But, um, yeah, just kind of the way she can elevate and get her shot off. Change De- direction is pretty good, too. Defensively, getting up in the passing lanes, pressuring ball handlers. St. <laughs> Francis plays a fun style yeah. to watch. They are hectic all over the place. They're, they're pressing. They're trapping. They're running and jumping. Um, the Baumgart sisters are, I think, listed at five 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 six. Uh, Maybe. I, yeah, I don't think that they're quite that, but they really get after you defensively and make you work for everything you're going to get. So um, that was a fun game watching. I think she'll she'll fit in well with what Amy Williams wants to do. Hey, you go over to C two with with Crofton and and Ponca. It was some fourth quarter. Now the 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 scoring output wasn't huge, but it was ultimately the difference in the game. Right with. Crofton not scoring Ponca twelve to four yep. in the fourth quarter. Only four points for a team that had led most of the way. 
And man, that the crazy way to end the day, uh, 36 fouls, 36 turnovers, 25 offensive rebounds in the game. It was just chaos from start to finish in that game. They were competing hard. They were all over the place defensively up in each other's faces, uh, crashing the glass hard, a lot of fouls, a lot of, a lot of physical play. And uh, Ponca just couldn't get shots to fall. They had some chances down the stretch. They just couldn't get the ball to go through the rim. When you're taking a look at how the, do you think the styles made for that matchup, or do you was it, do you in your particular in your opinion the way the game was called? There were a ton of fouls yeah. called. No, I, I I think it was. I mean, it's the style of play. yeah. They were both like I said. They were up in each other's faces. They're um they're trying to trap. They're trying to press. Um that that kind of style lends itself to fouls and uh both sides were really physical. They were giving it to each other, so it wasn't one side was kind of uh, it, it wasn't necessarily. Uh, slanted one side or the other. They were both taking part in it. Uh, another barn burner in Class C, who won, sees uh, North Bend Central uh, take down Hastings St. Cecilia 51-49, another game that that didn't disappoint. <laughs> I mean, down to the wire, folks getting their money's worth. Uh, obviously, folks that are familiar with St. Cecilia know the name Kissinger. Yeah, uh, She did not disappoint you talk about a handful uh watching her on both ends of the floor and basically having her duel with Emmanuel uh as they went back and forth oh. in a highly <laughs> highly anticipated matchup both Emmanuel's I mean you look at uh Emmanuel's sisters Sydney and, and Caitlin, Caitlin combined for 39 uh, 39 I think. Yeah. Kissinger had 33 <laughs> of St. Cecilia's 49 yeah. so the stars definitely showed up but um yeah Kissinger put her team on her back going to the rim all day long, um, gave them the lead. But then in the fourth quarter, the last few possessions, North Bend Central really collapsed on the paint, and Kissinger just had nowhere to go. Um, And it's just a tough way to end for that off of uh, a miss, a rebound, and a foul 90 feet from the basket to go get the the go-ahead free throws there. But credit to Emmanuel for knocking them down. Yeah. Here's a, a little bit of a surprise, right? I like Norris as kind of the favorite in this one. Um, I may, we'll see if my Class A pick wasn't wasn't right either, so maybe it's just me. Maybe I should just stick to other sports. <laughs> but I, I was pretty impressed with Elkhorn North. Year one, um, they've got their first school state championship under their belt. No pressure for Coach Prince going forward. Uh, but as long as her daughter and her teammates are around, they'll make another run at this thing for the next couple of foreseeable years. Well, if you had told me that Brett Prince and Riley Palmer would combine for 15 points going in, win. I would have said that Norris wins this by double digits. Yeah. Credit to the rest of the Wolves, and particularly Grace Thompson, stepping up, leading them 14 points. Um, was huge early on as Palmer and Prince. They each only had one bucket in the first half, but uh, Thompson stepped up at 10 points in the first half to kind of keep uh, to, to pick up the slack there, and Norris just could never get it going from deep. This is a team that is not afraid to let it fly. Everybody on that team is gonna um, is gonna get up some shots from the perimeter, and they were two of twenty five from three. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they had three single digit quarters. Yeah. Um, I think the second, first, they second, and four. Fourth, yeah. Yep. Uh, then they had nine in the first and fourth. Yep. Just not gonna get it done. But you see, 
Did you credit that more to good defense or just the inability, just wasn't their day shooting the basketball? I think it was a combination of both. Elkhorn North definitely um, made them work for a lot of their – and what North likes to do, they like to go post and three. Mm-hmm. They, they have Brianna Stye um, and a couple other tall girls that they like to put down in the post and then kind of make you make your decisions where if you double on the post or kick out wide open threes uh, or you single up and a lot of time they'll be able to score. And Elkhorn North did a great job of battling inside and not even giving up those easy post touches. And because of that, the threes weren't as easy. They had some open looks too. Um, and uh, I, I think Norris had plenty of looks that they would have liked to get back. But uh, at the end of the day, they didn't go in. So credit to Elkhorn North. Where do you kind of put Molly Ramsey in that discussion of, of, of quality girls and her talent level? She's fun to watch. And I watch her play uh, volleyball, too. She's a terrific uh, libero. Um, and she's she so, plays hard. She's so good defensively. Yeah. And for as small as she is, the way that she's able to stay with um, opposing ball handlers, get up underneath them, really pressure them. I, I watched the EMC final, the first game between these two teams, where uh, Norris beat Elkhorn North at Norris. And... Ramsey did a phenomenal job of taking Prince out, just t- limiting her opportunity. They were tough on her Saturday. Yeah. and It was hard for Britt to get r- any real good looks. And Norris basically played, um, they, they face-guarded uh, Britt and kind of limited her touches throughout the game. She still got loose for a couple stretches and gave uh, Elkhorn North a chance, but Ramsey played a huge part in that win, and... She, she was in foul trouble in this one, unfortunately. And also, she, she let him in scoring, but she had some open looks that, again, just wouldn't fall just like with everybody else. So um, she is fun to watch. Though. She's a really good high school point guard um, for what she does defensively and to be able to get in the rim and kick out to those shooters that normally knock them down. And speaking of really good point guards, as we jump to A, how fun was Ashoff <laughs> to watch? I, we had the family kind of watching together. Uh, and even Caleb, who's a pretty tough critic, well, Ashoff can play, right? I mean, Markowski gets a lot of the headlines for Pius as uh, they hang on to, to beat Fremont 56-52. But, boy, does she do a lot of the little things. Tapping balls, her low post entry passes oh, yeah. are fantastic. You talk about getting balls in position where only your player can handle it. And, and Markowski does a good job of flashing. She puts – the mitts up. She has exceptional hands. But I, I came away really, really impressed with Ashoff because it was the other team's backcourt that was drawing all the headlines. And she had really struggled in the first two rounds yeah. offensively. She, two for 22 from the field in the first two rounds. Yeah. And came back, uh, state final, put that, put that in the past, didn't worry about it, came in. Really uh, unassuming. Uh, 10 points, uh, four, seven shooting, eight assists. Eight assists, yeah. Um, and didn't really turn the ball over much either. So, it, Pius, all time assist uh, leader. Um, she is so much fun to watch. And, like you said, just the creativity, the ability to pass She's off the bounce, um, the way that driving in and just can throw it up on a dime to where only Markowski can catch and finish it. Um, that, like, Markowski's really good, but the fact that Pius got to pair her with a point guard like yeah. Ashoff that is so creative at getting the ball to, to how about how Markowski. They, how about how they weathered the storm early? Yeah. It was a super start from Fremont, and you're like, uh-oh, this is what we've seen this Fremont team. This is what they're capable yeah. of, right? A couple of games with 15 three-pointers. Like, they are very capable of lighting you up. It is a loosey-goosey bunch, but they just right. couldn't get it going, and McCabe in particular. Yeah. 
Yeah, they twenty-one to seven start. Uh, they hit five of their seven of their first ten shots, and five of those were threes. threes. Um, so they came out. Everybody is making plays, and like you said, everybody but McCabe early on was the one scoring, and she just never quite got going. She hit a three at the at the buzzer from the uh, the east from Darn near the logo. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but in the they were they were down seven at that point, so it didn't really matter. But um, yeah, tough tough day for her. But uh, Fremont. They got off to a great start. Uh, Pius kind of pushed back, and then Fremont was able to hold on, take a lead into halftime. And then in the third quarter, it's just inevitable. Markowski took over, and that's the same you thing. Think you think those touches were intentional? Th- oh, Goodness. Yeah. You, just you, feeding the post. And it was everybody, like Addison, uh, Ashoff. It was very um, underrated, yeah, in my opinion. Mary, everybody, they were doing a good job of moving the ball around and making the passes from different areas um, to make it tougher because um, – Fremont uh, did a great job of – she had eight points on four of eight shooting in the first half. I thought as a whole the tournament, is for as good a player as she is, she was forced to work. She earned her keep those three games. A hundred Did Alexa Smarkowski. And you look at just her second half stats of the tournament. Yeah. They were all tournament stats, and that's how incredible she is because Central, uh, Millard North, and Fremont all did a great job of limiting her opportunities in the first half and making just her Just didn't get a ton of clean looks – um, you know, they would put two girls on her. They would, you know, kind of combo whether help was coming from the baseline or from the ball entry side. I, it was very, very yeah. difficult for her to get going. But a testament to her, not in two things, one mental, one physical. Number one, her ability to bounce back emotionally just doesn't waver. She was clapping it up on the way to the locker room uh, Saturday night, and you're thinking, She's not going anywhere. She's here for the long haul, another 16 minutes, so buckle up. But the other thing, her commitment to fitness and being in fantastic shape. Yeah, You know, you, you, you look at the transformation from a year ago, and she was as dominant a year ago. But just her ability to play hard for 32 minutes uh, is really, really impressive. Yeah. And that's that was the case. Third quarter, um, yeah, 13-3 to three run for Pius to close out the quarter. Alexis had 11 of those points. She also had four boards and two blocks in that stretch. So just absolutely took over the game, dominated, gave uh, Pius the lead, and then they were able to hold on throughout the fourth quarter. Uh, she I finished sh- with 27 points and 19, er, and, yeah, 19 rebounds, uh, four blocks, two steals. Uh, in her six state tournament games over the last two years, she totaled 151 points and 89 rebounds. Well, you get 27 like she did on day one. Yeah. You're well on your way. Just her, that's her version of Windex, right? Yeah. Just cleaning the glass. I'm not sure whether I'm more impressed by her deft, like her hands, yeah. or her footwork. Both are fantastic, especially at the high school level. And uh, we both kind of called a little bit. We said yeah. Millard North size and length, Omaha Central yeah, could, size could and be, length. could be a problem. And it was early on. Second half, she kind of um, she, realized what how they were playing her, adjusted, and figured out a way to finish stronger and, and to take that length kind of out of the equation. Yeah, her ability to play harder, longer, yeah, ultimately is the difference. Just wears everybody down. She does. It, cause it's, uh, and there were a couple of times she was spent, right? Yeah. I mean, she's got both hands tugging on her shorts, and it was, you know, one was after her 22nd rebound <laughs> against Miller North, and I'm thinking, she's relentless. Yeah. Like, just... I, a, a ton of uh, respect for just the way she approaches the game, and 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 Ashoff, who wasn't going to take a back seat to 
to McCabe or anybody else. I thought Charlie Earth was was really good for Fremont. I'd like to maybe see a little, a few more touches. Hundred percent, right? Yeah, and I, Taylor McCabe is one of the best shooters in the state. She's one of the best players overall in the state. Like you, they live with her taking shots all long, and you're going to live with that. Yeah. If you're going to win, it's going to be because she had a big game. That being said, she didn't quite have it. You would have liked to see a couple more yeah. shots go to Earth, and Earth finished with 11 points, pretty efficient day, and I think that uh, uh, gave her a thousand on the dot for yeah. her career. So I would have, I've liked to see Macy Bryant maybe handle it away from the basket a little bit, see if you could draw and, Markowski away from the basket. And a she did bit. knock down a couple yeah. of three pointers, especially doing early, that. yeah, right. And she was gonna get a good two, three feet to shoot it, and I'm just like, you know how. She can handle it a little bit, yeah. you know, kind of bring it. There were a couple of little things early on where I was like, gosh, it would have been interesting. I wonder what would happen if they had it to do over again. But unfortunately, you don't. You can say that to the state wrestlers. You can say that to the teams that are playing basketball. On that stage, you only get one time to get it right. And 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 Pius did. Yeah, and it was a phenomenal championship game. I think we got the best matchup that we could have gotten. I think uh, Millard South just kind of with injury to Juliana Jones, a little bit shorter, um, um, shorthanded there. Um, they got in a foul trouble yeah. against Fremont. That didn't help, right? Yeah. I mean, Cora Olson gets three early, yeah, <laughs> and picks up the fourth in the third quarter. And was it Lemon that had four as well? Which yep. I mean, you have to kind of in when you play that style. Yeah, they get up in you. They press. They run. They jump. You're gonna get some of that. I know she wasn't in love with Cora Olson. Wasn't in love with her fourth foul. It was a tough angle. But when you kind of have drawn that style during the course of the game, those are the kind of calls you don't get. And you just have to be smarter once you do get in that foul trouble with some of the things that you're doing. Don't take the risk. Don't don't even give the impression of a push off. Don't go for a steal. Yeah. Don't she held crash her hands up high, glass. like thinking, "Hey, my hand." Yeah. It's like ah, you know, they, it was already blown. You know. Yeah. And Fremont was fearless. Yeah. And in that one, and there was just, I was really impressed regardless of class, with the quality of play. I definitely – the guys get all the run in terms of the young Division One talent and <laughs> blah, 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 but those girls are handling their business. Yeah, and I think both Ania Jones, Britt Prince, and a handful of others throughout the tournament showed that the, the future host of, is – host of sophomores yeah. at, over there at Miller South. The future is very bright for girls basketball in the state, and I think this was a great way to close out the season. Yeah, you flip over for the boys here. We'll, we'll, we'll try to work quick. Is there a matchup that, first of all, the level of surprise with the three Millards represented, <laughs> you'll have nobody from the Metro, uh, just top seeds had a hard time holding. Only three of the eight or three of the seven districts did the top seed hold. Yeah, we, the last time we talked was going into that district final, and I, I had to cover uh, Nebraska down in Lincoln that night, and I was just following along on Twitter and like seeing the scores and the updates. It's like, what is happening tonight? Yeah. We were watching the, the end of the Pius-Lincoln East game. Uh, Connor Happer pulled up a stream of that. Um, so, like, it was just a, a chaotic day. And you end up with four, the four lower seeds all had to pull off upsets to make it to the field. So, credit to them uh, for digging down and going and punching their tickets. You know, what's going to be interesting, too, is uh, Millard South, Millard North, and that 1-8. Um, if you remember the first game, Millard South played them tough. Led at one point. Uh, in the first half, the majority of that half, and they won't back down. I'll be curious to see how that game is officiated because that backcourt of Stanger and Stanger, um, they will touch, clutch, grab. They will be relentless, and there's no love loss between those two schools. Yeah, and Millard South is, I think, playing a lot better now than they were 
earlier in the season that, at any that, point. That's they, that team. Yeah. We talked about them last week where I didn't know if it was just because they were fresh in my mind mm-hmm. of having them see, seeing them beat Westside. But I said, gosh, they, they're better. They have better talent than that record. Yeah. Um, right? And, and now – if you're going to play your best ball, you'd rather play it at the end of the year, right? Yeah, so credit for uh, Coach Lucian there for get, getting that out of them because it looked like they were in for a lost season. Yeah. Um, mid, midway through, they were their best players were struggling. The team as a whole was struggling. They found we'll, a way we'll to figure to things out. talk to him tomorrow morning. I'm really curious to ask him about kind of the course and the trajectory of that season because it could have went south in a hurry. Yeah. And then the other uh, the other side of th- that half of the bracket, um, unfortunately for for you, um, yeah. another tough one in districts or West so, Side Falls to Millard West. So that uh, first hand, obviously, yeah. Um, uh, so they'll get they, a matchup. They, 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 listen, they played harder, yeah. and I know that sounds a little bit like coach speak, but it's not. Every fifty fifty ball, every loose ball, they were ripping away simultaneous rebounds, um, and and Dom Hum really answered. The dinner bell. They pressured and harassed uh, a couple of weeks ago when Westside blew them out. And you know what? They were very, very smart. Used a lot of high ball screens. Uh, he really shook free, getting different defenders to switch. It really limited, I think, uh, what Westside defensively was able to do because he basically was single guarded by Caleb the first time around and he took some hard ball screens. Yeah. They were they were not gonna let that happen again and Dom almost from the get go was getting downhill and was gonna say, Nah, not today. And they did it without Evan Myersick, who you figured was was one of their big advantages when you look at these uh, these teams on paper, uh six five abilities hey, on the side. He got off to the great start yeah. against him the first time and he kinda tweaked his knee a yeah. little. It wasn't the same after that. Uh, but between he and Conway in that first game, you got the sense where they could be a little bit of a problem. Yeah. This time around, it was the backcourt. And now, fortunately, um, Evan Myersick is planning to play this week, so yeah. good him, get, uh, get them full strength. And uh, they'll match up with Lincoln Pies the 10th in the first round, who earned the wild card after, for whatever reason, Lincoln East just has their number this year. Yes, they um, do. Went 2-1 two and, two and one against them, and they almost won the first game without Carter Glenn. Uh, so I, I think... Uh, Pius is very happy to see that Lincoln East is on the other side of the bracket uh, heading in this tournament, and that should be a fun one in, in the four or five matchup with um, the point guards there with Sam Hoiberg going against Dom Hom, like you mentioned, um, Sam Hostreiter going against um, uh, Myersick now that he's back. Um, it, it looks like a fairly even type of matchup, I think, just um, bit, yep. when you look at kind of the roster makeup and all that. So that should be a, a fun one in the first round. I agree. On the other side, it will be... Uh, Papillion South and, and Omaha Prep, Omaha Creighton Prep. Yeah. Um, how about Papio South's run, Sands to near Dempsey? Yeah, it's been a minute. And we, we said it before, but credit to Daniel Brocale, who's almost 18 points a game now um, after really stepping it up down the yeah, last Yeah, hit the X button. Yeah, um, Graham Kasut, uh, du- double-digit score there, uh, helping him out. Um, so th- they, they've made a great run, and credit, uh, again, to Coach User there for – figuring things out on the fly, losing such a big part of your team, and finding a way to get better um, down the stretch and, and win some big games. Uh, and then uh, not to be outdone, there's this one team that I think they're the defending state <laughs> champs. That, that's right, right? Yeah, that is. Does anybody really talk about Bellevue West like a normal defending state champ? I, I think it's more 
this whole year, I think, has kind of more been about the the Miller North Bellevue West kind of the the collision course. <laughs> yeah. Um, you would think like after that 16-0 run to to steal the title last year for Bellevue West. Um, I think this everybody's been wondering this team like all right. We, obviously, we've got a couple of uh, regular season matchups, and uh, they went back and forth. But I think everybody's been waiting to see those two face off in the final. But we we, we kind of glossed over Korean prep there, but. I think they showed that, like, hey, this isn't a two-horse race. It's yeah. going to be tough for Bellevue West uh, to earn that that ticket right back to the final because Prep pushed them twice uh, and then beat Miller North at the stable during the regular season. So, if if you're Lincoln East, how are you trying to broach this one? <laughs> I, th- that'll be a phenomenal point guard matchup. I'll, I'll start with that with Chucky Hepburn going against Carter Glenn, who is twenty a game this year, um, just Almost, been phenomenal, and it's probably a peer. From a mental toughness standpoint. Oh, yeah. Carter Glenn is the real deal. There, nobody has a better pull-up jumper than Carter Glenn at this point. And he can score from three and at the rim, too. Three-level score there. Um, and like you said, toughness is through the roof. The key is, are they going to get somebody else to, to step up? Are they going to have a, a Marfisi knock down some shots? Are they going to have a Henriksen catching you, and finishing? You want a sneaky one? Braden McPhail has got to alleviate some of the on-the-ball yeah. pressure. 100%. Right? Like, he's got to be that guy that can bring the ball up occasionally Help with some of the pressure because Chucky's going to be a handful on whomever he's guarding. And at this point, you got to assume it's Glenn. Yeah. And he's a crafty player and he's a good defender too. So um, it'll be fun to see Glenn and McPhail kind of go up and guarding. Uh, just all, all, all five eight hundred and forty yeah. pounds of McPhail, who, <laughs> yeah. who gives up a lot of size to guys, but he is a tenacious defender. Yeah. So they're going to make Bellevue West work. It's just a matter of. Can Lincoln East find enough offensive firepower to keep up? Because East doesn't have a, yeah. a Frankie Feather to they've go They've got to keep Carter that game Glenn. in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, it, gets mu- it gets much above that, and it, it gets to be really, really difficult. Real quick, you want to run through a little bit of B, some of the matchups early that interest you. you got to start with Elkhorn and Platteville, oh, right? Because we're on part – is this part three? At least, yeah. Or uh, four. I know there was the early seat. There was the overtime and then the holiday tournaments. This might be number four. You might be right. I'll, I'll look real quick on that. But yeah, that's uh, the, that's had four success, five there, right? And, and, and it is no coincidence that that's probably the most, I guess, competitive. Would you say? And as I would, I think it's a toss up. Um, so fifty-seven, fifty-five in overtime. Elkhorn won the first matchup. Fifty-nine, fifty-four. Platteview won the second matchup in the tournament. Yep. And that may be it. Yeah. This is the rubber yep, this match. Is, yep, rubber match here. So I, I with that, it's obviously the style of play. Platteview as a team hasn't met a shot they don't like. <laughs> Elkhorn plays it a little closer to the vest, a little more buttoned up, even though they've got some fantastic athletes. Well, it's interesting. The score is basically the same both games just flipped. Um fifty seven fifty five versus fifty nine fifty four. So um I, neither side, I think, was really able to kind of dominate necessarily the the pace of play and everything. They both kind of got what they wanted for stretches in both of those games. Um, so it'll just come down to how well guys are playing. I think it's it, I think it's the role, guys. Yeah, uh, maybe a Weeble House, uh, who's the last third of the season has shot it well, sixty percent from the floor. He's getting them, you know, eleven or twelve a night in that stretch. Because uh, we know about the law firm. We've talked about Riley and Draper a ton. And of course, Connor Milliken. It will be the balance of Elkhorn, and who else can chip in? I just don't. I just. I mean, if they let Milliken go for his 
his average, yeah. it gets interesting. You've got to keep him. It sounds funny, but in the low twenties, yeah. don't you? <laughs> and it doesn't sound yeah. right. right? Take the, yeah, that, 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 that's, that being a win is uh, uh, it's a testament to what kind of a player uh, Connor is. It has is. to be a hard, inefficient, low twenty kind of night because if you let him going, he he single handedly can shoot you out of the gym. And they're going to have to – they cannot lose him within that zone. No. They're, they're going to have to mark him all game long, know where he is. Do not let him – because I, I talked about – they played Beatrice um, in, in their conference tournament, and they, he was, they defended him phenomenally in the first quarter and gave him just a little bit of space to start the second quarter, knock down a three, and then he was off and running. Another 20-point-plus game, um, dominated double-double. So, um, how, how fantastic is the story of Blair? <laughs> I mean that is that is unbelievable. They go to Alliance and and pull off the stunners six sixteen versus a one and they're on their way to Lincoln. That's the that's the beauty of district play. Yeah, it is. And I don't think anybody uh, pegged that one, but uh, credit to them. They, they took no. advantage of, <laughs> of their draw and did what they need to. Again, just like some of those teams in Class A that pulled off uh, those upsets. Uh, Blair is kind of right in that same mix where um, shocking everybody, and now they get a chance to show what they can do on the big stage against number one seed Norris. Yeah. So it's interesting how the wild card points sorted itself out yeah. in B, because I think most would make Scott the favorite. But much like in Class A and the defending state champs, Bellevue West, aren't the top seed. Yeah. How important in, how important in B do you think the draws are? Well, that's interesting. I think we'll see. I, I think that, that, that 2 3, like if Mount Michael and uh, Scott both take advantage. Um, uh, how about take those care twos for the, the two round. threes? Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's going to be a really, like that's I a, mean, that's Mount a, Michael spent more weeks at number one than anybody. Scott played the best late. That's a final level game in the semifinals if seedings hold true there. So, well, that could be yeah. Bellevue West and Creighton Prep on the, in Class A. And, and Platteview and Elkhorn, I mean, that, that's a strong four or five as well. So, I think we kind of like that top echelon of Class B, but um, Elkhorn, they kind of had some struggles here and there. And Platteview is still but very really, capable. Yeah. And Platteview is still very young. So, I think you would, I think the, the one seed is uh, probably a little bit um, important for Norris, maybe getting slightly. Yeah, because you only get one of those other two on the other side. Exactly. Um, so, that, man, th- these these semifinals in Class B should be phenomenal. Um, again, do you, we, do you we have a dark horse? Uh, is there such a thing in B? I don't. I think any of those top five teams wouldn't shock me. Um, I, I, I not to discount Waverly, Beatrice, or, or Blair here, um, but I think kind of those five have been. We've seen some of those others kind of jump up and be in that mix. I think those five, just in terms of you look at the rosters uh, and the talent and the experience, I think those five are probably um, the five best teams um, that, that, that you probably w- would look to bet on there. So I don't know that any of them surprising or winning would totally shock me, um, but I, I would probably take one of those top three seeds for sure. Uh, before we before we wind this bad boy down, sixty one roughly sixty one hundred to get into PBA uh, from an attendance standpoint. Who do you think most benefits from the crowd? We'll start in A. You have the tremendous following of Miller North. They may not want the pressure. The flock squad at Bellevue West travels in packs. They're used to the big stage. Prep has. The birdcage, which will travel. 
And A, who do you think benefits the most from the ability to have 6,100? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And it, it's been interesting kind of throughout the season seeing the evolution. Well, first, going back to state tournament last year where you had just the small groups of family on either side, like seeing the state tournament this week with um, not, not full crowds, but uh, enough of a crowd to, to really make a difference um, has been fun to see. And then kind of throughout the season, the progression of, okay, just a few family members. Okay. We're letting uh, a few students in now. Okay. We're letting a student section in now. Okay. Um, we're, we're allowing general uh, admission for some of these games. Um, it, it's been kind of cool to see. Uh, hopefully everybody's staying safe. Um, and I, I don't know. I think uh, it's hard to go against yeah. that birdcage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think kind of the, the Bellevue West and prep um, there, like, like you said, the Miller North is kind of interesting because they're, they're the rock stars and you'll have a lot of fans, I think kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Then you also have a lot of fans potentially kind of going against the juggernaut team. That's kind of always how it, uh, the, the case when you have a really talented team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the, the split is of the crowd for Miller North games. But yeah, um, I think that, that that'll definitely help out Bellevue West and prep for sure. I can tell you there'll be f- very few left in Platteview for their tip. Blair may bring the whole bunch, uh, including a couple of the dealerships that are located <laughs> there. I'm, I mean, it's just that time of the year where where fans can really rally, and it's a one it's a one shot deal. And I thought Elkhorn North student section, hey, they were phenomenal. I'll tell you what, <laughs> they got something brewing there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the the girls' programs are a little ahead of the game. Yeah. We knew that. But we do like the hires, the hirings 100%. on the boys' side. Football, baseball, basketball. I mean, they've got something brewing there. The school spirit, it, that's fantastic color scheme aside. That Carolina blue oh. is legit. <laughs> I'm a little biased as a Tar Heel fan, but... They got something going. Yeah, it's going to be fun to kind of see this man setting such a high bar with um, Ann Prince's squad taking home the title this year. I think that that, that volleyball program is going to be pretty darn good. They've yeah. got some really young players, How about too. the young talent? Yeah, and um, Reese Booth, that setter, played a key role off the bench for the basketball team, too. Good to, good, to see her, daughter. good to see Coach Booth's team. Yeah. <laughs> Get the brooms yeah. out so she could get a move on. Yeah. Uh, she just barely made in time and saw that tweet. That was, I, I'm really happy for her that she was able to see five, that. Five, six minutes yeah. to spare, right? And Reese played well in the yeah. tournament. She played an important role. So it was, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, this time next week, we will have crowned more champions. And that will be in high school basketball. The man, the myth, the legend, Jacob Padilla, will have you covered, as will I, Damon Benning. Don't. Mrs. A Huda Media Production.